0: Hey everyone, this is the Everyday Leader Podcast, where we hear from inspiring individuals building and leading teams across Africa. Today, I speak with Esther Indigiri from Uganda. She's a technologist specializing in innovation, technology, and management. She has experience working with teams to transform the use of data for improved journalism and has implemented digital initiatives to address developmental issues across the African continent. Esther enjoys focusing on topics related to technology for development and youth empowerment. Esther and I spoke about her experience working at Code for Africa, how she has had to learn and relearn important leadership lessons around multicultural work environments, and about her work with digital transformation at the African Union. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Esther. Welcome to the Everyday Leader podcast. Really excited to speak with you today. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for having me.
0: So I know you're sitting in the chilly Addis Ababa in Ethiopia, uh, yeah. due to your, your role at the African Union, but uh, we'll, we'll dive into why you're there in a bit. You're originally from Uganda, and I want you to maybe uh, share with us a, an early leadership uh, experience. The, the Everyday Leader podcast is about speaking with uh, leaders and managers at interesting uh, organizations and companies I know you've worked at several different uh, interesting organizations, and in your career has uh, had some different twists and turns that has led you to, to the African Union, so I would love to unpack that a little bit today and, and start off maybe with an early career experience, leadership experience that uh, kind of uh, helped dive you into the world of, of innovation and leadership.
1: Sure thing. So I would like to share about the time I was a regional project manager at Code for Africa. Um, I had led teams before that, but this specific experience was unique because I was leading teams um, not only in Uganda but in Kenya and Tanzania. So I was East African regional project manager, and that meant that I was handling projects in the East African region. So I was managing, you know. Team members from different cultures, different backgrounds, different work ethics and styles. And that was honestly challenging for me because um, I only knew how to communicate one way or knew how to communicate with people who are similar to myself. But that experience pushed me to see beyond myself and, you know, try to understand and lead people who are different and i think part of leadership is understanding that your team members are different and learning how to lead them in the best way that you can and creating a team that's you know that's efficient and holistic for everyone so that was very unique it was very tough um and also i was kind of promoted into that role and i felt like i was not ready so half the time i never knew what was going on and i was very unsure of myself so i had a bit of growing to do myself But in that, I learned that different people communicate differently and different people walk differently. And just because we're different, it doesn't mean that we don't have the same goal in mind. So I learned to understand people, understand how they work, understand how they communicate. I learned how to express myself when I didn't know something. I learned to ask for help. I learned to delegate. So it was a very very good experience. And one of my very uh, significant ones, unique ones, that stand out.
0: Wow, that, that certainly sounds like a great uh, learning opportunity. You mentioned that you didn't feel ready, and yet you were almost thrust in this into this position. Can you tell us a bit more about that, uh, why you didn't feel ready, and then how you found yourself in that role uh, nonetheless?
1: Sure thing. So prior to that, I was a project manager. I had a manager. I was an individual contributor. So I would manage my own schedule, work on my own terms. I had my own working style. And I was happy, you know, I was okay with that. But then the organization was going through a reshuffling and they were changing roles around and they were changing people and departments and kind of as a reform goes on. And it so happened that I'd been there for a year and a few months and management believed that I was ready to take on bigger projects and manage some people. And in my heart, I felt, you know, I was still intimidated. I felt young and I felt like I was not ready, but they trusted me. But they also provided the structures and support to help me to become the leader that they needed me to be and a good leader for the people that I was leading. So in that, you know, maybe they saw potential that I hadn't seen but was always there. And they transitioned me into this regional leadership role, and I started taking on regional projects. And, you know, I started reaching out for help and support from them. And I felt like they really provided the structure and help that I needed. And I felt like it it, it really helped because when I was then again promoted to product manager, I had a good handle on how to lead um, cross border teams and, you know, all of these things that come into play with an organization like Code for Africa. So, Code for Africa is primarily uh, remote. That means we have offices in a few countries. We had offices in a few countries, but also we had many people where we didn't have offices. So it took a level of trust and, you know, um, and leadership to lead people who you don't see, but trust that they're going to do the work. You know, at first I felt intimidated by that. But as I grew and I was given the help and support that I needed, I really grew into a leader who could trust my teams and could lead through projects, even though we're not seeing each other.
0: Amazing. And uh, Code for Africa certainly seems like an interesting and impactful organization. Um, You did end up um, leaving Code for Africa, joining uh, Numida Technologies uh, before then uh, going on to to serve as a digital transformation fellow at the African Union. Can you maybe walk us through some of the things in your head when you were uh, thinking about next steps and how you made that decision? Because it sounds like you were in uh, a managerial role at an organization mm-hmm. where you worked up uh, yourself for a couple of years, but then mm-hmm. you saw other opportunities out there and decided to pursue mm-hmm. them. Can you, can you share a bit more about that? Because I think a lot of people, uh, they do, you know, will, they'll grow within an organization, uh, mm-hmm. but it can be sometimes difficult to step away because you've, you've mm-hmm. built this experience in, in organization specific skills. Uh, It can be a bit scary to think about maybe taking on a different role where you have less responsibility in the short term. Uh, So we'd love to hear a bit more about your experience with that and and what drove you uh, to to explore new things.
1: Absolutely. So I've always had an interest in innovation. Um, I had my first innovation-related role back in 2016. I was a young innovator fellow with the United Nations Population Fund. So I liked it, it was only for a year, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being in the organizational space, you know, trying to come up with new ideas, how do we innovate internally and externally and that sort of thing. So after that year with the UNFPA, I moved back and didn't ever really do any innovation work. I sort of moved into project management, product management, program management and that sort of thing. So I'd applied for this fellowship actually a a way before I got accepted. So I applied for it and I was like, okay, if they get back to me, they'll get back to me. If they don't, they don't. So I applied for it and moved on. So at Code for Africa, I'd kind of grown through the ranks, as you have said, I was a project manager, then regional project manager, then product manager for their digital academy. And I enjoyed the work, but um, I felt like I had, learn some skills and i wanted to learn other skills as well so the opportunity with nomida specifically was completely different from my norm and i felt like i wanted to push myself in a position of learning i wanted to learn something new the role at nomida was completely different it was a business development slash growth marketing role and i did not have any experience in that and actually when i was interviewing for the role they asked me what you asked like what do you want what you're already you know going through the ranks here why would you want to do that you know why would you make this shift this very strange shift and i said you know i'm still young in my career and i want to learn i want to grow i don't have any experience in fintech me. Um, is a fintech i don't have any experience in business development and growth marketing and this is what the road would entail i'm willing to learn you know and i i felt like i'd stopped learning at some point and of course there are there are ways you can learn within an organization and uh, recreate you know a different role or get your responsibilities but for me i felt like i needed to put my mind in a different organization and a different space and learn new things, learn new cultures, that sort of thing. So it came from that and the three months I was at MIDA were amazing. I learned about you know customer acquisition costs, things I had only read about. I learned how to uh, market, how can we grow our North Star, all of these things that I had really not developed experience in, uh, those three months were amazing for me because I learned a lot during that time, I curated marketing campaigns, things I never really had the chance to do at Code for Africa. So I did that and fortunately or unfortunately the fellowship came through when I was only three months in. So and this the fellowship was something that I always wanted to do because again I wanted to do something innovation so I left. But I left on on good terms and I had their blessing and all of that and I was very happy because they were happy for me as well. So being at this fellowship, uh, being able to innovate in the organizational space is something that I've always wanted to do and I'm happy and glad that I get the chance to do it at the African Union. So that's kind of the journey that I had. Code for Africa was amazing. I was working on regional projects and it was great and it's a, a great environment to work in. But for me, I felt like I needed that shift. So I got that a little bit and Then finally, I got into what I really wanted to work on, which is this. And after that, we'll see.
0: Yeah, no, I think that that takes a lot of uh, self-awareness to realize that you um, want to explore something else. You mentioned innovation and wanting to be maybe closer to uh, various aspects of of digital transformation or innovation within companies or within ecosystems. And it sounds like you've you've found... uh, That next step. Uh, Could you tell us a bit more about what that fellowship is all about, um, how it connects with the African Union and the sort of projects that you are touching at this point?
1: For sure. So my role um, is Digital Transformation Fellow. And alongside 11 others, we are here to co-create and build technological products or processes that will improve the delivery of the union's mandate. Um, They have this ambition, um, Agenda 2063, and in 2063, we want to be a different Africa than we are now. So they have a digital transformation strategy that will help us get there or will support us to get there. And this fellowship is under that. In the digital transformation strategy, we want to make sure that internally and externally, we're utilizing digital tools and processes to improve how we work and how we deliver programs to the member states. So that's what I'm working on. I am specifically attached to a unit. And in that unit, I'm here to build their capacity to recommend technological tools and processes, basically to make them more efficient so that they can then um, program better for member states. So in a nutshell, that's what we're working on.
0: Well, that certainly uh, seems like a uh, bold but uh, long-term vision that uh, the African Union has for the continent. Um, Do you have any particular examples of the kind of day-to-day projects that uh, you're digging into, maybe a bit more detail on the examples and and how you get to contribute to that and and perhaps how um, that is is challenging the norm in some way because i know when working with governments and especially across governments things may Mm -hmm. uh, move slower than uh, perhaps at a smaller organization or startup like code for africa
1: Mm. they do (laughs) they do (laughs) they do move quite slowly and sometimes it's very frustrating and i think sometimes it's easy to um to become demotivated because when you're coming from a startup background you want to see impact as quickly as possible you want to produce value as quickly as possible but that's not necessarily the case here um for the unit that i'm attached to specifically we uh support an agency that's not based here in the commission but based in one of the african countries south africa specifically and we support that agency to program Um, what they're doing on the continent. So for me, I started off by understanding how my unit and that agency communicate. How do they collaborate? How do they um, come up with work plans? How do they create the budget that they'll need because they have to do it together? So I just started off by analyzing their processes and really understanding what they do, how they do it and why they do it. After that, I went into a phase of trying to make that process more efficient. So for me, that's what I'm working on. I'm not specifically building a new tool, but I'm understanding their processes and making recommendations on how to improve and become more efficient. Um, on a day-to-day that looks different, it means sometimes attending meetings and making a suggestion you could do this. Sometimes it means taking people through Microsoft Teams and the whole suit and how that works, Microsoft Office, sharing documents online, facilitating trainings, creating guiding documents, that sort of thing. Sometimes it means doing demo videos on how they can utilize these technologies Sometimes it means making recommendations on you can do this as opposed to doing this. So sometimes it gets really abstract and I have to be very self-driven to make to make sure that I'm producing value and producing results. But that's for me. I know that other fellows are building actual tools. They're building apps. They are trying to build a super apps that will bring the very many separate apps that are all over the place together. So the day-to-day looks different. It's not very defined. It's abstract, but it's all about seeing a problem and trying to solve it there and then. Um, In how that looks long-term, I think uh, for me, it's about creating a body of knowledge that I leave behind and making sure that the, the, the team members that I leave behind are empowered right, and knowledgeable of what we have put in place together so that when I leave, they can continue to empower those who come after me with the tools and knowledge and resources that we have created together during this process.
0: Yeah. And I know you're you're still in the the middle of the fellowship, uh, but this is a, a time-bound experience, uh, I presume, and, yeah. and so you probably are already thinking about what comes next. And are there any particular learnings or or change of of mindset or perspective that you expect to be taking with you as you explore uh, what comes next?
1: Absolutely, I've I've learned that, you know, people say this all the time, but I've seen it here firsthand that leadership is about influencing people and it's not necessarily about trying to coerce people. It's about influence and having a vision and you've been able to sell that vision and you know that, you know, that vision kind of becoming what guides you know your leadership journey. Um, being here and you know having to introduce new tools and new processes to people who have been here a while and already have a system that works for them and trying to come in and introduce something new has been, it has been tough, right? Because people, most times you will hear people say that if it's work, if it's working, don't try to fix it. You know, if it's not broken, don't try to fix it. But trying to get people to buy into that vision of digital transformation and we can do things better and we can do these things more efficiently um, and having that vision and getting people to buy into it. And sometimes having to lead that vision is something that I'm going to go away with, you know, a leader is one who influences, and I've had to influence people to, to, to listen, to learn, to relearn, to let go of some of the mindsets that they had towards some of these tools and technologies, and you know, trying to think in a new way, even though the old way was working. I think that's what I take away is that learning how to influence people um, and having a vision and trying to um, influence people into seeing that vision, its benefits, and not necessarily having to coerce your way through it, but really lead people towards this vision. Yeah. So that's something that I take away with me.
0: So it, it really strikes me that you have learned a lot already uh, over the past couple of years in these different roles. Um, would you say that you've had to learn certain things multiple times? Because I think when people speak about... Uh, learning or, or having a, a lesson that they've uh, gained through some experience or hardship. Uh, and this, this definitely applies to me uh, that mm-hmm. they, they have to learn several times uh, to really understand and, and be able to actually change the way they go about uh, uh, their work. So I'm curious if there has been things that you have recognized and you know, learned already, but that you Um, know, you know, it's just the beginning of the learning curve, and that you know that you need to continue to build. You you touched on this idea of of being able to influence, and that's something that you uh, realize needs to be a part of of your work to have a bigger impact. Are there other areas that maybe you you have had some experience with it and and had some valuable lessons, but that you want to pay further attention to as you um, uh, continue your journey?
1: Yes. So I mentioned at the beginning that uh, leading a team of multicultural people at Code for Africa was quite tough for me. And I felt like I had learned how to do that. But being here at the commission, I don't lead a team, but I work with many people, you know, uh, people from across the continent. And I feel like I constantly need to learn and relearn how to communicate with people who are different from me and people who have different work ethic and work styles and communication styles and leadership styles. I feel like that's something I have to keep on learning and relearning. People work differently and sometimes, and actually being a leader means that you need to see everyone's strengths and bring those together to create an effective team. Um, to create an environment that's good for everyone. You constantly need to identify those traits and bring those out and also empower people through their weaknesses. So that's something that I knew But being now at an organization that has representation from almost every African country, I find that I need to learn that again or keep relearning or keep improving. How do you communicate with people who are different from you different language, you know, sometimes, um, you know, you have people who whose first language is French, you know, and their English may not be the best. How do you learn compassionate communication, patience, that sort of thing? Um, it's something that I find that as a leader I have to learn and relearn over and over again. So that's something in addition to influencing, it's learning to work with other people, identifying their strengths utilizing those for the team's benefit or for work benefit or for the goal in mind or the goal that we have set out. So I think for me, that's something that I find that every time I have to be aware that you know we are different and different people work differently, but still we can work towards a common goal and achieve what we want. Yeah.
0: Wow. And and would you say that you have identified a particular superpower? You may have touched on this to some degree already, but a a superpower that uh, you really are strong and well-suited for that you have found ways even at the African Union to to bring out?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I would say my superpower is that I'm quite result-oriented, self-starter or action-oriented or goal-oriented, whatever we want to call that. But I'm able in abstract spaces to really get the ball moving on my own and find ways to get ahead of the work, even when things seem unclear. I find that that has helped me here because the African Union is not a place where you're handheld all the time. It's not a place where um, your leader or your supervisor or your manager is going to tell you how to go about everything all the time. They'll kind of give you a roadmap or a goal and tell you to walk towards it and it's up to you to really get yourself moving and get yourself started to get to that place where you achieve that goal so for me i find that i'm quite results oriented and i can get things moving on my own and that has helped me and even in the past at code for africa we are or we were remote and it would be easy not to do anything because no one is constantly watching over you all the time so i've I found that I had to get to a place where I'm able to identify what I want to get done and do it and ask for help when I need to and um, check in with the team when I have to and provide them with the support that they need without anyone having to tell me to do that all the time. So I find that that has helped me in spaces where you know, everyone is kind of going about their business and it's easy to get lost in all of that, um, that you can work actively to, to a goal, or you can, you know, get things started on your own and deliver value to the people that you're working with.
0: Fantastic. Definitely uh, a good skill uh, to have. Uh, when you look ahead, you know, you, you had joined this fellowship program uh, due to your interest in innovation, and you sound like you've been exposed to a lot of interesting concepts and ways to apply technology at a... Um, continental level. Um, what what trends uh, have you seen and what, what have you been thinking about when it comes to uh, what's next and, and how that uh, relates to uh, trends that you have seen in the technology and innovation space that gets you excited?
1: Okay, I think one thing that gets me excited is, or one thing that I anticipated seeing and we're already seeing is government and policy making bodies driving the demand for technological tools and processes and innovation and I think this fellowship is evident to that right because in the past at least in my experience private companies and or individual citizens were the ones driving the demand for technological tools in Uganda sometimes it was common for a developer or a small private company or startup to build something and then try to pitch it to the government to take it up. It would be nice if we could have this, it could be nice if we could have that, that sort of thing. But I feel like the trend is changing to where now government and policy-making bodies are driving the demand. They are constantly reaching out and asking how can we improve this with technology? How can we have a, a digital platform for this or that? And this fellowship you know the african union is a massive government body and sometimes is known to be quite slow and you know not really ahead of the curve but if they too have a digital transformation strategy in mind and having young people come into the commission and you know innovating different tools or processes or that sort of thing shows that now these bodies that in the past were known to be slow and not really invested in technology are beginning to drive that demand and i think that's something that's going to keep growing in uganda where i'm originally from um a few years back many processes were manual and hectic and everyone hated engaging with anything you know pertaining to a a service body or a policy making body people did not like it getting your um, passport or your driver's license was a nightmare paying your taxes was a nightmare everyone hated it but now you find that you can get your driver's license in five hours. The last time I was, oh, my God, in about an hour, you apply online, and then you go, and then, you know, everything is done, and in an hour, you're done, right? They have tried to digitize many of their processes. Even the passport process is quite straightforward now. Even um, you are and taxes, it's quite straightforward, and you can pay online. So I feel like these policy making bodies and service bodies and and governments are starting to drive the demand for technological tools and i feel like the citizens are also starting to see okay now that i can get my license online it's not so bad right so service delivery is improving so for me that's a trend that i i anticipate seeing and improve um and constantly like increasing right um these people that were not really invested in technology are going to Drive that demand, and you know people are going to get better service delivery. That's what I anticipated uh, seeing.
0: Amazing, and uh, that digital transformation will also boost government revenue, which uh, will allow them to further transform and uh, provide the great services like you mentioned. So, thanks for flagging Absolutely. that. That's a great, a great opportunity, and uh, hoping uh, to see see that transformation continue. And I, I imagine it will also create lots of jobs for the future. Um, which absolutely it looks true. like you will be a part of in some way. So I <laughs> look forward to continuing to follow you on your journey as uh, you pursue other innovative ventures and programs in the future. So thank mm-hmm. you so much mm-hmm. for your time today, Esther. And Thank you uh, so
1: much for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely.